0: good morning good afternoon wherever you are listening my name is ivory i am the creator of embracing neurodiversity where we support parents and schools with embracing and enhancing the experience of neurodivergent children this is the embracing neurodiversity podcast where i discuss my journey with embracing and enhancing the experience of my wonderful son Who is on the spectrum? Hi, y'all. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. As promised, I want to use today's podcast to focus on the IEP process. I am um, obviously. Uh, educator. I was a former teacher, school counselor, and assistant principal. And so a lot of my perspective of the IEP process prior to my son going through the process, my perspective was rooted in um, an administrator standpoint. And so like the legalities, the protocols, the deadlines, the um, supports that schools have to to uh, support children who think differently. However, um, when my son was diagnosed with autism, he was diagnosed at uh, five years old. He was in pre-K. He's a a November baby, so his school process starts a little later. Um, But when he was diagnosed with autism, I um, started the journey of advocating for an IEP for him in pre-K. we were living in chicago and he attended a chicago public school and that is when i soon learned that um, the iep process from the parent perspective is vastly different and in a lot of ways you often feel um, powerless and uninformed and unaware of the inner workings of what's happening within the school system um and also Every school is uniquely different. And so um, having worked in a high school for most of my career, um, as you can imagine, there was a different set of knowledge that I had um, than, as opposed to uh, a scholar who was starting out in the school system as a kindergartner, right? Um, But not to mention the personal connection that I have. Um, for it and so um, when I embarked on the journey of um, getting my son an IEP to ensure that he was getting um, the proper services and I'm going to talk about what an IEP is the purpose of service and all of those things in a minute but I soon learned that um, it was it was different for a parent than it is as for an administrator but the um, common denominator in that was the Need to always be the primary advocate. Like as a parent, I knew I needed to prioritize my advocacy skills in a way that I I never had before. But also, um, I also knew as a former school administrator that unfortunately, the parents who receive the the highest quality of services for their child were the parents who advocated for their child the most and so I took that knowledge and applied it to my personal life and I'm taking that knowledge and applying it to um, this podcast so that hopefully it helps other parents like me and so I um, maybe two weeks ago wrapped up uh, end of the, of the year IEP process for my son. He had one in the beginning of the year um, and then one at the end. So um, I gathered all that information that I've learned throughout the year and condensed it into a list of things, 10 things that I believe parents should possess, prioritize, 10 tips and strategies to maximize the iep process and i hope that they are helpful for you so let's step back what is an iep an iep is an acronym for individual education plan in order to receive an iep the school needs to determine through evaluate an evaluation process that your child is eligible um and one quick caveat: um, a diagnosis doesn't always determine um, quali- doesn't always automatically qualify your child for an IEP, which is why the school has to go through their own process. I learned that was the first thing I learned uh, in this process so when my son was first diagnosed and he was in pre K, and I called the school and was like, "I and we need to have a meeting to get him an IEP because he." autism and um, they were like well that doesn't mean that he needs an IEP and I was like but he has autism I don't understand and so um, they explained that they have to go through their own process but now looking back I understand that because every new neurodivergent child is different and every new neurodivergent child or person doesn't need um, an IEP Um, and the reason for that is because an IEP is essentially a legal document that ensures that if your child is doesn't receive information in the way that the school traditionally provides it, that the school has to provide accommodation so that your child can receive and learn from it, and information in the way that works best for them. However, every child who has autism has a different way of learning, and every in a lot of children on the spectrum or who are neurodivergent, even children who have ADHD can function in traditional settings perfectly fine. So, with that being said, um, uh, the I an IEP individual education plan is a legal document that. Ensures that your child receives the optimal level of services based on the school's level of resources, right? Um, schools can evaluate your child um, for one of, I would say, 14 um, what the federal government calls disabilities or disorders. And if they fall under those one of 14, then they qualify for an IEP. Um, I'm not going to go through the list of all of the 14, but some of them include obviously autism, Um, I believe ADHD is on there, Uh, uh, dyslexia, Um, it runs the gamut, but please go to the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act website, IDEA, and it will list the 14, right? so if your child is found to be in need of an IP through the findings of an evaluation from the school, then the school will reach out to set up a meeting. The school has 30 days from the moment that you reach out as a parent to say, I believe my child needs this. Now in some cases, you uh, parents aren't the first initiator. In some cases the school will um, reach out to the parent. But in this case, um, from the moment that it's the t- it is uh, mentioned that you know, my child needs an IEP, the school has 30 days to do the evaluation and make the determination. If they determine that, yes, you're right, your child needs an IEP, then a meeting is set up um, after those 30 days to discuss the findings, basically what we observe or notice through our expert ev- um, opinions and evaluations. And based on what we've discovered, these are the goals that we set for your child. And these are the um, strategies that we're going to use to help your child meet those goals, right? That is the IEP meeting process in a nutshell. Um, and that process, again, can be overwhelming and intimidating for parents for a plethora of reasons. One, because the oftentimes the language that is used is not language that um, parents are familiar with or the average person who isn't who has not worked in the education system is familiar with. Number two, there's an emotional attachment um, because you are hearing things about your child that don't often feel good. Um, they will mention what your child isn't able to do or has difficulty doing and obviously that is heartbreaking for parents. Um, and then lastly, it is difficult because oftentimes if you are not, um, you don't have the educational background, you're not always sure if these goals are at Right for your child, and so you feel like you're sort of um, gambling with the process, with your child's educational process, or taking a risk, right? And um, even though I've again been an educator and, and privy to the process and the in the language, I felt all of these emotions still. So I can only imagine a parent who um, has not taught how it could feel for them. And so I wanted to acknowledge that um, as a parent, you may feel nervous about what to expect, you know, in those meetings. And um, there, there are feelings of anger or worry or uncertainty that your child's needs will be met. And for that reason, there are ways that you can mitigate for it or minimize some of those feelings. Um, And So I want to go through ways that you can do that. First one, make sure you understand why your child qualifies for an IEP. It sounds very simple, but um, you want to be crystal clear because that is the foundation from which your goals will be set. And so, again, uh, read through the individual Disability Education Act and uh, identify where your child falls. And then that is where you'll be able to um, understand where to go next in terms of like why your child needs this plan, right? Second, know the recommendations being made to support your child. And this goes back to a lot of the language and communication that is used, and um, why the goals are set. Every goal should have an intentionality behind it. And so, um, you're going to hear me say this often, but if you're sitting in an IEP meeting and you hear about, you hear any terminology that is used or goals that are being stated, please do not hesitate to pause and ask what does that mean? I don't understand. Can you break that down for me? Can you explain a little more? Can you give me an example? Please don't hesitate to do that. This is your child. You are the expert. You're not expected to know this information. And so questions are um, necessary and vital. So the evaluation report should always tell you what strategies are recommended to support your child. Um, And so when you go into the IEP meeting, actually before going in, ask for a copy of the IEP so you can read through it, so you can write down questions um, to prepare and have your thoughts gathered before you engage, right? Oh, the other reason why requesting the IEP before a meeting is important is because it allows you to do a little bit of research about um, some of the communication and language that's in there as to not um, maybe take up too much time or maybe you are a self learner and kind of want to do the research on your own. So that brings me to my third point. Do your research about your child's area of need. Like I um, have mentioned this several times throughout a couple of episodes that the more that you educate yourself as a parent, the more um, you'll be able to embrace your child in their fullness and the better advocate you will become. So for an example, if your child meets the criteria for... Um, autism look up how to support your student with autism in school in schools Um, read through evidence based tips and strategies like you are an expert on your child but you don't you may not be an expert on uh, autism diagnosis or how the education system should support it and so Read about that information. Ask others. Listen to materials, um, to podcasts or audio books that um, will provide you with that information. Right. That brings me to my fourth. My fourth. Uh, I'm just flowing here, but honestly, I did. So I didn't know that I was going to be going in the order that I uh, wrote down my tips. But the fourth one was to read or watch videos about um, specifically special education laws um so there are a lot of things that legally um your child qualifies for are are or, or are entitled to um and we you may not know that and so the more you read about it, it the more you're able to request or advocate for that for your child now that doesn't mean that your school must um provide it because of even though it's illegal, it's legally your child may be legally um may legally qualify for a specific service, the school may not have that specific service. Um, but there are ways that the school or the district could help in that way. And so but you wouldn't know that if you did not read a point and advocate for your child. Okay. Also in addition to law like federal laws, read through your state laws and read through your school's policies. If reading is not really your jam, maybe there are friends or family members who have gone through the process. Reach out to them and ask them questions about their experience. If you don't know anyone who's gone through the process personally, um, again, there's a plethora of information out there, minds and others included, that will be able to support you in gaining that knowledge. Make Number five, make sure you thoroughly understand the evaluation findings and recommendations. This goes back to my recommendation about uh, asking questions. You will uh, sit in a meeting and if it's not your first meeting, it will be a meeting at some point throughout your child's journey in which you will not, quite frankly, understand a lot of the time of what they're saying. And so... The way to understand is to ask questions, clarifying questions. Please don't be uh, intimidated by that. Ask questions. Your child needs you to be their advocate and you teach your child to advocate for themselves when you are advocating for them. I already mentioned making a list of questions you want to ask before you go into IEP meeting. Um, This not only helps you to process everything, but it also ensures that you discuss all that is on your mind in relation to the IEP. Um, And if you're not able to get to all of your questions in the meeting, you can always follow up with your, um, your, your students, your child's special education teacher to help with that. Um, some questions that you can ask are: How are the IP goals um, being monitored? What strategies will be used to implement the goals? Those strategies should be on the IP. But if they're not, eggs, um Are the strategies research-based? Um, who are who's going to be involved in implementing the strategies? How am I going to receive updates and progress? You can ask these questions. I want to reiterate that. I do not feel like you can't. Um, This is your child. The school and education system receive funds to provide services and educational support to your child, and you are a huge piece of that puzzle in ensuring that those services and educational supports are being provided and implemented. Always number eight. Always keep a copy of your child's documents, um, including the IEP. This is helpful for plethora reasons for doctor's appointments, speech therapy appointments, ABA appointments, all of those things. Um, they help to um, paint a picture for other service providers for um, so your child. Always have a copy handy also even after the IEP meeting this is number 9 it's important to follow up throughout the school year to see if there's anything that um you need to do to support your child um to ask about um the progress of your child if there if it's not being provided um so put Put that on your calendar um, maybe once a month or quarterly to reach out depending on where your child is at and their needs to um, reach out to your um, child's teacher to learn about updates or ways that you can support. And um, I mean, I've said this throughout it, but I think number 10 is just like hitting and get home and the thing that if you don't do anything else. Don't hold back in attempt to please others or not rock the boat. I, I can't literally stress that enough. We do that as humans. We do that as women. We do that as uh, people of color. We do that as parents. Um, but your child is um, literally in need of your support and advocacy and there's a way to advocate and communicate that does it feel um like you're being an asshole or a bitch like you can preface it by saying like I know that you are busy and that you do a lot and I thank you for supporting my child um I have I have some questions about some things and then like go into your questions like that is totally fine I um i am grateful and and lucky to have been an educator and so i'm pretty comfortable with advocating for my child in those spaces and one of the things that feedback that i've gotten from teachers and school leaders is um gratitude about asking questions because it it um revealed maybe a, a missing piece in their process or taught them something and that's a ripple effect because and that can help other children Along the way, I know that sometimes it's uh, exhausting and uncomfortable, but please don't hold back in an attempt to not not rock the boat. And I acknowledge that some school settings uh, will make you feel that way, but don't allow that to stop you. And I know it's easier said than done, and so that's why having a community of support or self-care strategies is essential so that when you, so that you feel empowered to um, advocate. So with that being said, I want to offer to any parent who has a child who is currently in the school system and hasn't iep or is about to embark on that and has iep i want to offer my own support i um as an educator i'm happy to be an advocate for you that is something i did not mention i don't believe is that you can also bring in support a support person or advocate in your iep meeting if you don't feel like you have the uh, not yet you're not yet at the point where you have the ability to advocate your child which you always do but you can always bring someone in to um, help to communicate your needs and desires and ask questions Um, there's a lot of um, educational advocates and iep advocates i am one and can offer that service as well Um, even if you're not looking for someone to be in the process in the meeting with you but perhaps they can coach you before or help process with you after I can support with that and so please reach out if you're looking for uh, an educational advocate for you and your child um, that is that literally is so helpful even as someone who has had, who has had historical knowledge for my child's first IEP meeting um, I had a colleague who is was a special education teacher and has has done the work for a while listening in on um my meeting Um, it was over zoom during the the pandemic but she was listening in and then she um told me afterwards like you know the, the pros and cons and things that could be adjusted but you know gave gave me tools and tips and helped me to like process it from a parent perspective but also an um an education an educator's perspective um so yeah look for someone to support and help you with that being said i hope this was helpful for you if you have any additional questions please do not hesitate to email me i want to be able to support parents who are on this journey because it's 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 difficult Um, and emotionally draining, but our children deserve powerful advocates, and as parents, you deserve um, clarity, and so I'm here if you need anything. As always, thank you for tuning in and supporting, and until next time, I hope you have a great day.